everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is our monthly comic book episode. So this month, I wanted to kind of... At first, I was going to theme it around Godzilla, but we've had a couple of Godzilla episodes, and as much as I wanted to have every single episode this month be about Godzilla... Uh, we've got to we've got to spread the love. We we always like spreading the love here at Comics and Cinema. So uh, today we are going to be talking about a different comic, but one that uh, is no less exciting. I would say I en- I certainly enjoyed it as I was reading it, and that is the brand new Falcon and Winter Soldier comic from Marvel. Uh, when I say brand new, I mean brand new. So this came out on Marvel Unlimited uh, just a few weeks ago, and uh, which means it came out in real time maybe three months ago at this point. But this was a story that was created, and we, 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 you know, we all saw it coming sort of thing. Like This story came out uh, initially when Falcon the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out uh, on Disney Plus, and so this was one of those uh, series that I believe was affected by COVID as well, where there was a long pause in its uh, telling. But eventually, the, all the all the issues came out. And funny enough, too, if any of you are Marvel insiders, uh, and I'm <laughs> I'm not talking about those of you that are close to the source, close to Kevin Feige. You know, I'm talking about the membership program that's on Marvel.com. Uh, you can sign up with your email, I believe, and it's it's essentially it's the same. If if you have Marvel Unlimited and your login for Marvel Unlimited, that is your login for Marvel Insider. So I may be preaching to the choir. You may all already be a part of Marvel Insider, but if you're not, I highly recommend it because any any digital copy redeem, I think you can redeem up to t- uh, ten copies, I believe is what it is, a week of comics but there's also like surveys that you can do and fill things out that get you points and those points can be redeemed for things and i only there's only two spots that i use it for i have a lot of points stacked up because i don't use them very often but there's a section for digital backgrounds so you can get backgrounds for your computer uh, but there's also a section for for digital comics and so just this week, or it may have even been last week, this five-issue series is up for purchase on there. And I think it costs 60,000 points, which, uh, you know, if you've just started, it is a lot. But there are a lot of ways that you can get those points. And again, then you'd have it forever. But it is on Marvel Unlimited. So this story is written by Derek Landy with art by Frederico Vincentini and uh, color art by Matt Milla. So it's a story about it, again. It's they're trying to capitalize on the the show, obviously. Like let's get Falcon and the Winter Soldier back together. But I liked how in this story it did. It felt off at times of like, okay, you know, how, how are they going to get together? But they do it pretty quickly. And unlike in the current show where you know we still haven't seen them together the whole episode, they get together very fast in this. So the the series itself. And I'm going to be diving into spoilers on this, so if you haven't read this, uh, feel free to pause it and come back or listen to what I've got to say to see if this is something that you want to check out. Uh, I will say this, there really isn't that many, there's really nothing in here that's going to impact the Marvel Universe in the long run. It's certainly possible, only in the sense that there are two new character reveals in this and i i can't confirm if maybe they were in a prior winter soldier series or something like that for one of them but it seems like for the most part both of these characters are first appearances in here so i don't know if they're going to put these people in the show i highly doubt it 
but uh, that's probably the only spoiler for this. So the story itself opens up in Indiana where Bucky Barnes is currently living. He's getting pretty zen with his cat, meditating, and all of a sudden these soldiers just bust in and start shooting the place up, and so Bucky beats the crap out of all of them, and I think uh, I'm pretty sure he kills a lot of them too. I don't know if they mention that. He, yeah, okay, yeah. He uh, He's like blowing bullet holes in them and very violent. And he doesn't really know what's going on. And so he grabs his cat, which I loved, and uh, gets on his bike and leaves. He's like, we've got we've got to move, basically. And so uh, at the same time, Falcon is with Red Wing. They're kind of flying around the city in New York. And he's looking for... Uh, he's looking for somebody, and so he has kind of put his feelers out there to some of his friends. Uh, he's looking for a person he knows from his, uh, it's like a grief counseling, I believe, and um, and they've disappeared. And so he's looking for this person, and he's tracking this trail. Somebody kind of gave him a hint at where this person could be, and so Red Wing, really cool, uses a sonic screech to break a door open from this roof, and uh, both of them, or Red Wing flies off, but uh, Sam goes inside to investigate, and it's the Office of Federal Utilities. So you would expect that to be a very boring place, but it's the exact opposite of that. Every single person inside there is dead, and Bucky shows up and says, hey, Sam, and he's like, oh, and I liked this. He was like, you didn't do this, did you? And Bucky goes, wow, and I'm, you know, it's it's a fair question. He said, I have to, I had to ask one cap to another, uh, one X cap to another, but Bucky was here, or, or kind of showed up here, uh, looking for uh, the same thing. He's trying to find some answers as to why these people attacked him. Sam, now we find out, is looking for someone named Sally McKenzie, and it's been it's a veterans support group that he's running. So very similar to kind of what he was doing at the beginning of, of Winter Soldier. And we get to this desk, we find out uh, of Veronica Eden, who is um, kind of uh, the head, it's almost like she's his handler, Bucky's handler, but, you know, we find out through these interactions that the OFU, which is the Office of uh, Federal Utilities, is actually a front for uh, them trying to find terrorist organizations, and so Bucky explains that part of his conditional pardon for taking down Hydra is that he has to go in and clear these camps, uh, for, uh, like terrorist organization camps. And so like the government tells him where they are, he goes there and he ends them, uh, which is, you know, in one sense, really nice, right? Like he's taking care of terrorists. But on the other sense, you know, is he really conditionally pardoned at this point? Like he's, it sounds like he's handcuffed to the government right now. And so he's explaining everything, all of this that's happening to Sam. And so very quickly, like I said, this is, you know, five panels in or five pages in. They're, they're together. And he's like, okay, you know, we need to kind of team up and figure this out. And so he says, uh, Bucky says, Veronica Eden's my handler, uh, but I don't see her body here. So let's go to her house and, and check things out. So they arrive in Brooklyn at her apartment. And she isn't exactly happy to see Bucky, but she certainly isn't sus suspicious, I guess you could say and uh, invites them in and they kind of ask her like you know why didn't you come into work today because everybody is dead and she says because uh, it's her office she's the one who runs it and they're like why weren't you there and she said i had a hangover i was out last night uh, late last night and at, like holy crap everybody is dead and so uh you know they're like okay hey 
we need to look at your files. Like we need to figure out what's going on. And she's like, yep, absolutely. Feel free to do that. Like I just have to go throw up really quick. So she goes and throws up and, um, and you know, they're, they're talking, chit chatting and find out that she kind of explains that there's been a lot of chatter about a power struggle within Hydra. And there are two factions. One of them is led by a protege of Baron Zemo. And the other one is led by a high-ranking individual, is what she says. And we get a couple of kind of touchbacks. If any of you read the, uh, I think it was the Matthew Rosenberg Punisher, we get a call out to Punisher 16, uh, saying that you know Baron Zemo is dead. Obviously, that's why his protege has taken over. And so he says, all right, you know, we got a protege and a rival. Like, do we know what their names are? And they were. This is like they're close to figuring out what that is, but they haven't gotten anything yet and um, find out that Zemo's protege is leaving New York today by train. So they're like, okay, we got to go, you know, we got to go intercept this train and figure some things out. But before they can even do anything, a very young man shows up at the house and is, you know, a huge fan of both Captain Americas at this point, of, of Bucky and Sam. And when they ask who this guy is, or this, I guess you could call him a kid, he says, uh, well, and they, they don't really ask him. He's kind of just giving a uh, exposition at this point. He says, sorry, sorry for following you here, by the way. They call me the natural. I killed all of those people. And they're like, uh, he's like, uh-huh. Bucky says, uh-huh. You're ar- are you armed, kid? And they like go to talk to him. And he's like, well, you know, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I'm here to kill you guys. And he's like, you know, I, I hate that I have to do it, but, you know, I've got posters of you on my wall. I'm such a big fan. And he's beating the crap out of both of them. And it's very confusing. I was like, okay, what's going on? But at the same time, I was very intrigued. I'm like, okay, this is... And so this is one of the two characters I was talking about. This is first time I think we've ever seen this person called The Natural, who, again, is probably... I think they say he's like 15 or something like that. But um, he definitely looks just like a young teenager, and he's—he really is. He's—he's—he he's, beats both of them, and uh, yeah, uh, Veronica Eden thinks about trying to stop him, and he's like, "No, no, no, don't do that." And she's like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm too hungover for this." And so again, he just beats them up to an absolute pulp by the end of this, and then says, um, "You know," he says, "Hydra got to me." And they've been telling me all these things. I really like what they're saying, but they're not the boss of me yet. And so if you guys really want to stop them, I'll give you another shot. Come after me. And the next time we tussle, I am going to kill you. And uh, so that's the end of the first issue. So we get this, like I said, it's a very, it's it's almost a very jarring um, ending, I guess. But in a way, that's a really good cliffhanger because how does this 15-year-old kid beat the crap out of both Bucky and Sam? And I mean, Bucky is the winter soldier. Like I could see maybe Sam, I mean, he's got military training and he's got, he's got his own skills, but Bucky, I don't know how you could do that, but he does. And so, you know, the next episode opens up and they're like, wow, that was really embarrassing. But they're saying, you know, we got to go, we've got to get on this train. And so, uh, Falcon flies, uh, Bucky carries him to the train and they get inside and we find out that this entire train is filled with Hydra agents. Uh, but not necessarily agents, more so new Hydra recruits, which is actually kind of a cool concept, I thought. You know, they're fighting everybody on the train, and so this this was cool. The comic cover itself is sort of mis, uh, misleading, uh, and they talk about it at the end of the prior issue that there's eight cars and eight kinds of killer. 
is what it says, and that there's different assassins in each car. Uh, we find out that's not the case, or even if it is, we have no idea. But it's it's this really cool sort of Snowpiercer type of, of uh, scene where they're literally fighting their way through all of these different train cars, uh, which I guess you could argue is kind of like uh, the first Captain America movie as well. But... Uh, you know, they get through the first one. It's just a bunch of regular Joe Schmoes, a bunch like old. They beat up an old woman, uh, and then they get into the next train, and they just keep doing this over and over. And I loved the art in this one. There's just pages that are completely devoid of dialogue, and it is just the two of them going through these cars, beating up all of these people. And and those these ones I'm talking about that don't have any dialogue. That's just the first train car. And Bucky says, "How many cars does this train have?" And he says, eight in all." He says, you don't think they're all like this one, do you? And he goes, nah. And then it says, passenger car two, they're fighting. Passenger car three, it literally just shows a panel for each passenger car. So you don't really see who all of the assassins are. You just know that they're all Hydra agents. And so they finally get to the last car. And who is in there but Baron Zemo? In fact, he didn't die. Surprise, surprise. What a, what a shocker. I, I could have called that a mile away. But Zemo uh, kind of says, you know, he says, you're not going to shoot me. And, and he's like, why not? And Zemo says, if my rival becomes Hydra Supreme, they plan to unleash a series of frankly devastating attacks to destabilize the American government. It would be a mass casualty event. And Bucky says, well, what if you win, though? And he says, I see no value in announcing Hydra's resurgence in such a crass manner. I plan to prepare in the shadows, giving you ample opportunity to thwart my dastardly schemes at some stage in the future. So he's essentially giving them this option of, like, pick the lesser of two evils, which I thought was really funny and kind of clever. And they, I don't, I don't know if he's, Derek's kind of leaning off of I think Matthew Rosenberg's take on Zemo from his Punisher run, where he's a lot more kind of savvy and funny, almost comedic in a way with a very, very dry sense of humor. And so, uh, you know, they say, okay, fine. You know, they, they don't really make a decision, but they say, tell me, tell us about the natural. And he says, ah, you met him, did you? He is quite honestly a prodigy when it comes to killing. And uh, Falcon's like, he's one of yours? And he says, sadly, no, not yet. Anyway, recruiting someone of his talents is a delicate process. And so he says, you didn't send him to wipe out the Office of Federal Utilities. And he says, oh, no, no, no. That uh, He says, the OFU has actually helped me quite tremendously. And he's like, what? And he says, basically, most people knew about these missions. And so uh, they were tracking those training camps where Bucky is going and taking those people down. But he is using that data from the OFU to get to those places first and recruit people to, into Hydra. So before Bucky goes in and takes out the terrorist organization, Zemo's going in there to identify recruits beforehand, which is in Zemo's you know barn, I guess you could say. That's a pretty smart business strategy, but uh, very dangerous. And so, you know, he says, "Fine, well, you know, we'll, again, we'll we'll think about it." And he says, well, where are you going, though? Like, we just beat up all of your assassins in this entire train. What What is going on? And he says something like, just you wait. We're gonna, I'll train these people up. They're brand new, so it's easy that you beat them. But um, And then he tells Bucky, he's like, well, we entered into a partnership. And he says, yeah. He's like, no, we didn't. He's like, yeah, we did. I outlined your two choices. You only have two choices in this matter. Either take me out or take this other person out. He says, I tell you what, I will get you the address of the of the natural's house because the natural can give you uh my rival 
So he's like, I'm going to basically, the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing. And um, and so that's by the end of this, they, they go to this house. And, the, you know, and it's funny, Zemo, Zemo tells them, he's like, I think, uh, I think you guys are going to really like these people. And they answer the door. It's an older couple, and they are completely dressed up in Captain America gear. And so now we understand why the natural is so obsessed with Captain America, and it is because uh, his parents are obsessed, like overly obsessed, which is it's crazy. So in this next issue, they do a little bit of background and kind of explain to him, but it's literally just memorabilia nonstop all over the place. And kind of trying to explain to him like hey you know we came here to talk to your son and they're like hey he's not here right now he's out training and there's this great bit where he says yeah can you tell us a little bit about uh junior is what sam says and she says "Ooh, where to start a bright boy and the and i'll go back and forth on this it's it's essentially the husband and wife and so she says a bright boy Good to his mom. Very good to his mom. Likes pickles. Loves pickles. Doesn't he? That boy and his pickles. <laughs> there you go, Gertie. Thank you, Bert. He loves animals. Loves flying kites. Gifted fighter. <laughs> Gifted. <laughs> Could shoot the wings off a gnat. Good with knives, too. He'd slice you open. Yes, he would. You must be very proud of him, Bucky says. I just loved how, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, he likes pickles, and he also likes killing. And it's uh, it's funny, like, they know... Uh, they know his powers, but they also are just that classic kind of, I don't know, that kind of parent. I thought it was pretty funny. The father says, or it's maybe the mother, we're worried that they might be exploiting our son's natural abilities for, well, dubious ends. And so they're like, you know, tell us where your son is and we'll, we'll kind of set him right back on the right path. And, um, they're like, yep, that's totally fine. And so they go and... The son is there. He's like blindfolded and he took apart a gun and he puts this gun back together so fast and kind of explains to them like, oh, you know, the, this person, the, the other person is trying to become the new Hydra Supreme, this rival, and is apparently going to be changing everything. And he wants to take out Zemo and he's like, oh, you know, they really want me to join Hydra so much so that they gave me a shield. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. He's got the shield, but he gives the shield to Sam. He's like, here you go. Uh, you know, this should keep you from getting shot because there's a bunch of people coming to kill you. He's like, I'm not going to do it. But, uh, you know, these Hydra people come. So they basically fight in this third issue is all about them fighting all of these Hydra agents. And I loved this bit because as they're fighting, Sam is yelling out, Sally McKenzie. And, uh, and uh, one of the Hydra guys goes, what a strange battle cry. He's like, I'm looking for a woman named Sally McKenzie. Please raise your hand and we'll go easy on you. And Bucky says, I won't and cr crushes someone's face. And Sam says, yes, you will. He goes, nope. And I, I love, I didn't call it out on some of the other uh, issues, but the back and forth between Sam and Bucky in this, I thought was really good. It made me really excited to see how they interact with each other in the, uh, in the show. But there's and there's this great bit too where someone goes actually I I know I know Sally McKenzie please and she's he's like oh really what's her name or no he just says I know who you're looking for please don't don't hit me and they're like hey, do you really and he's like yeah 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 she he goes all right well what's her what's her name her name the name you were just shouting it's uh, uh I want to say Sandra he's like you don't know her do you and he says no and then uh, gets smacked in the face and knocked out and so now after all the Hydra agents are defeated. The natural shows up, and he's in his own kind of homemade Captain America outfit. 
which uh, at, at the same time too, I completely forgot to mention this. It's so funny. It was, it looks so obvious and natural in this issue, but when they're at their parent, his parents' house, they 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 told him like, hey, you can't, you you need disguises to get in there, and our son responds really well to Captain America, obviously. So they're like, we have a couple of replica costumes. Why don't you take them? So Bucky is wearing his replica captain america costume and sam is wearing his so all three of them are dressed up in their own versions of the captain america suit which i thought was really cool and by the end of this they get to they're looking for um who this bad guy is and we find out at the very end of this that the bad guy is veronica eden so that is the second person as i was saying in terms of i don't and that's why i said earlier i don't know if veronica is uh, if she was mentioned maybe in one of the prior Winter Soldier comics as Bucky's handler. But if not, I, I, she's a very interesting villain. And so at the end of, and by interesting, I just mean kind of her costume. She has a really interesting costume at the end of this. She looks a lot like Harley Quinn. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Harley Quinn, so I, I thought that was okay with me. But uh, in terms of her as a villain, she clearly based off of this is not doing anything more than what this comic requires like it doesn't seem as though they are you know pushing her to be some big person in the marvel universe going forward and who knows you know this is how marvel works that they always create these characters brand new ones and then they they give them a great intro and then they don't touch them for a while so you never know uh and what what really stood out to me for her is at the beginning of the next issue the first few panels and pages are her calling her parents telling them like hey uh you know you're about to see some stuff that's going to come out on the news and it's going to say that you know i'm going to be the new hydra supreme blah 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 blah. i just want to let you know it's all true and i want to let you know that it's not your fault uh which i i just thought it was really great because uh you know she's like yeah i suppose she says i've been siphoning off she basically has been getting these recruits because again remember she is the leader of the of this ofu branch so she is the one getting these terrorist organizations. The government then sends Bucky in, or she sends Bucky in to take these organizations out. And then Zemo, so it's it's crazy, the, the web that this is weaving. But the way that I saw it and made, it made sense to me was, um, you know, let's just say a terrorist organization is found. Uh, Zemo goes in there, grabs a couple of people, and then Bucky goes in and takes everybody out before anyone even notices sort of thing. She has been siphoning off even better people. So she has been siphoning off the A squad, and then Zemo is grabbing a couple of the B squad, and then Bucky is going in and eliminating everyone else, having not known what just happened with either of them. So it's a really intricate dance, it sounds like, that Veronica has been uh, playing. But I just love the fact that she calls her mom and is like telling her what's going on with her mom. And uh, that did add a little bit of character to her in that sense. And so they're, they now they know where Veronica Eden is, so Bucky, Sam, and the Natural are flying there by cargo plane, which is very interesting because that's what happened in the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But they jump out, and just like in that, these people don't have flight like the squirrel suits, but they have jetpacks. And so there's a really great drop sequence where all three of them are falling to the ground, beating up these Hydra agents. And so then by the end, you know, they land at the ground and there's another Hydra agent there with a car holding up a sign that says Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, they are then taken to a diner where they meet Veronica Eden. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to hurt you or anything. I'm just trying to talk. And so she kind of spins her yarn about 
why she is better at being Hydra's uh, Hydra Supreme than uh, than Baron Zemo is. And so by the end of this, though, we get a kind of you know they they show up. So um, Zemo. Or no, Zemo doesn't show up at the end of this, I'm sorry, but uh, the natural turns on the both of them, and they uh, that's by the end. So we know, okay, here's here's what the final fight is going to be. It's going to be the natural versus the two of these guys, and uh, uh, of course, you know, by the end of this, or at the beginning of this, she says, I'll leave you boys to it. That's the first line in this issue, and she walks away as the three of them fight again. And so she walks outside, but who is outside but Baron Zemo? So now... There's this, this is probably my favorite piece of the entire story is they have this really great conversation outside. They are, um, oh my God, this is even better. So she's, again, she's recruited these high level Hydra agents basically. And so they're, they don't know who's who. There's just a bunch of Hydra agents there. And she says, everyone's wearing masks. So, and they're all shooting at her, but she says, everyone's wearing masks. So I can't see who's there and who's not. But if any of my guys are among you, order 66 and he goes order i don't get it do you get it and then uh, good god and all everyone just starts shooting each other so the hydra agents are turning on each other just like in star wars i thought that was great uh but then you know they eventually uh they they're fighting the natural he's using that shield he has but bucky is able to actually punch through the shield because it's only bulletproof it is not uh, a vibranium shield but by then they notice that zemo and veronica are outside and we get this really great exchange between them when they all they're all standing outside and all the hydrates are like should we shoot them like what's going on and uh veronica says uh right right now i think it's a whoever wins type of scenario like whoever wins the hydrates are just going to support that person and so sam says so that means they're against most of us right whatever happens they're going to kill three out of five of us and zemo says yes and Bucky or Sam says, so how about we take them out and go from there? And Veronica says, well, yeah, sure. And Zemo says, yeah, I could go along with that. And the agents are like, hey, wait. And so they, they take out all of the Hydra agents. And it says a few, a few hilariously painful moments later, uh, Natural says, now what? And she says, seems to me it's three against two. And <laughs> Sam says, really? Because it seems to me that once Bucky and I are down, the next person to fall is one of you. And Bucky says, so that person really should be on our side. And Zemo says, okay, okay, I have a proposal just to make sure things stay fair. How about the four of us against the natural? No offense meant, kid. You're awesome, and I can't wait to start working with you. But right now you're, and he says, a threat? He goes, yes, a threat. I'm sorry. He goes, no, no, I get it. It's cool. I'm a threat. And he says, thanks for understanding. And so then they all four fight the natural, which was awesome. And again, he's putting up a great fight. At the same time, he's still talking to Sam and Bucky like, are we still going to be friends? And so they beat him up. And so now, now there's only four of them. And Zemo says, okay, now who do we? And Veronica says, seriously? He says, uh, Sam says, you two are under arrest. <laughs> and he says, look at his eyes, Mr. W- Mr. Wilson. The Winter Soldier isn't looking to arrest us. And he's pointing a gun right at Zemo. And and he says, you know, simple math. We take both of these people out right now, and Hydra is rudderless. And, of course, because they, you know, at this point, Sam brings up a really great conversation. I am sure this is something that will come up in the show at some point, no doubt. He says, all I've got to do, he says, and all you got to do is tap into that Winter Soldier mindset, right? 
uh, just one more time, use it for something good. Hey, I get it. Working with the OFU must have dragged you back a few steps, must have started you questioning yourself. It's why you've been so touchy around the subject. And he says, once a killer, always a killer. He says, sure, sure, if you want to be. And he says, you know what? You annoy the hell out of me sometimes. You know that? And Sam says, yeah. And then he, dro- he drops his gun. And Bucky gets down on his knees. And the natural's like, what? what's going on? He's like down on the ground. And Bucky says, just going through a little personal crisis, kid. But you helped me steer out of it. There's more to being Captain America than the practical application of force. There is an ideal at work something bigger than any of us. And that's a conversation that he had with the natural uh, in one of the other issues before of explaining to him like, yeah, kid, you you are a really good fighter. You are really good at killing people and, and fighting, but that is not what Captain America is about. Like he is a great fighter, but it's about why he's doing it. And he says, now go back to sleep. And he smacks him back in the face and kind of knocks him out. And so at this point, uh, you know, Veronica pulls a gun out. She's about to shoot them, and a Hydra agent shoots her in the arm. And we find out that that is Sally McKenzie. So she finally reveals herself, which was great. Again, we she says, "I'm so I'm so sorry, Sam. They offered me a home." And he's like, "It's okay, it's okay. You know, we're gonna make this right." And then Bucky says, "Well, wait a minute. Where's Zemo?" And Zemo has one of the jetpacks on, and he says, "I'm afraid, Mr. Barnes, that you shall not be taking me in this day." And he says, uh, you know, we'll meet you, see you later. And he takes off. And so he's gone and they, uh, they've they arrested, I think they arrest, it definitely looks like they're arresting Veronica. And so then the last scenes are uh, them at the counseling session with Sam and Bucky showed up with his cat. And I really liked this because it just, it's a good, a great ending. I would love, I would have loved to have seen that with Sam and you know maybe and I'll talk about that here in a second too because there's a couple of this is one of the pieces I was really I I didn't mention it in the the Falcon episode uh, because it didn't hit me right when it did but I'll talk about it here but you know it ends with uh he says would anyone like to start and Bucky says hey I'm Bucky this is Alpine uh, his little cat and then everyone says hi Bucky hi Bucky and that's the end of the end of the story so um uh, I, like I said, I really liked it. It's only five issues. It was super quick. Does it have a lot of ramifications for the Marvel Universe? I don't think so. But I thought it was a great story about Bucky and Sam and kind of how they work together, how they riff off of each other. I certainly think I'm going to like the the way they do it in the show more than in the series only because they don't do it that much and it, you know nothing really made me laugh out loud. There's a couple funny moments like Order 66, but overall... That was about it. So uh, again, and I'll say if you're hesitant, it only took me about an hour to read this, maybe less. And I read it last night, so it, it was a really quick read. But what I wanted to talk about was there's the scene in uh, in this first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier where the uh, he, he Bucky is at the therapist's appointment. He's at his therapy appointment. And she says to him, you know, you don't have any friends. You have less than 10 contacts in your phone. Sam has tried calling you multiple times. He's the only person that's tried to reach out to you in the last week. Like, why aren't you answering his calls? And it's it said, and then it's kind of brushed over and then sort of forgotten. But uh, I just, it made me really think after thinking about it for a while that Sam is actively reaching out to Bucky. And Bucky at this point in his life is, seems like he's very, he's not at the lowest of the low, 
but he's feeling really low. He really does. He doesn't have any friends. He's got uh, Yori at the restaurant, but he's made, trying to make amends with Yori, right? Like he, he doesn't have anyone that he's actively friends with because he's friends with, except for now this new girl who he just went on the date with. But uh, at the same time, the, the Winter Soldier has been pardoned by the government, but everybody knows what he did, specifically Sam. And I, I point this out because in the Marvel Legends episode on Disney+, Plus, and obviously this is from Winter Soldier and from Civil War, the interactions that Sam has with Bucky in those films are not great. And I don't, I don't mean that in terms of the, um, the scenes. I mean that in terms of the content. Uh, they're not positive interactions between the two of them. In, in the first, uh, in Winter Soldier, there's that whole piece, and they talk of, these are all shown in Legends too, so I would recommend even just checking it out, making sure my math is right. But uh, uh, Sam says to Cap, when he says, like, we've got we've to stop him, like, we've got to help him, and he says, you know, this isn't, or no, he says, we have to save Bucky. And Sam says, I don't think Bucky is someone that you save. He's, so, he's the person, kind of person that you stop. And obviously, as time goes on, by the end of that movie, you know, Sam's like, I'm here with you, Cap, let's figure this out, let's find him out. But that was kind of his first impression of Bucky, right, was Bucky attacking their car, and uh, which was really bad. I mean, that's one of the best scenes in the MCU, that fight. And he just beats the crap out of everybody. And so then you move to Civil War, and the interactions that you have there are just as bad, where he's in the car with Bucky, and Bucky says, can you move your seat? And he says, no. And then there's the bit where they're in, they're fighting Spider-Man. And again, they're amicable. But he says, why didn't you use Red Wing to begin with? And Sam says, I hate you. And then we kind of, kind of see them uh, at least acknowledge each other in Infinity War. But not a lot. I mean, Sam's been in Wakanda, or Bucky's been in Wakanda this entire time. Sam's been doing his own thing with Cap. Uh, in a sense, arguably getting closer with Cap than Sam, uh, than Bucky would have been. Man, I keep mixing their names up. But uh, then we get, obviously, by the end of Endgame, that Bucky gives Sam that nod when he is going to check out Captain America. And so there's, like I said, there's a little bit of acknowledgement. But on the whole, based on the interactions that we've seen, I don't know why Sam would like Bucky. Uh, I get I get why he could learn to like Bucky, but based on everything we've seen, it doesn't seem like they're friends. And so then that makes me wonder, why is Sam reaching out to Bucky? Why is he calling him multiple times? Is that something that, again, maybe we didn't see on screen that we're going to learn about, that they did get a little bit closer? But I just, I think that is such a testament to Sam's character as somebody who he knows what Bucky has gone through and obviously he's developed these opinions based on what he's seen but at the end of the day Bucky is a damaged soldier and Sam knows all about that from coming back from war from running the grief counseling that he did for the veterans and I would just love to see something where they are talking and uh, you know he's trying to provide some sort of solace to Bucky for that and I, I, I don't know I just think it really speaks highly to Sam's character that he would be reaching out to Bucky that he knows in somewhere that Bucky doesn't have anybody that Bucky is as alone and at this point Sam really is the only person that understands Bucky Cap's gone and you know I, I can't even think of anyone else besides I was going to say maybe Zemo, but Zemo doesn't. Zemo's in a completely different field than Bucky is at this point. So Sam and Bucky have a very strong relationship 
uh, foundation for relationships. So I think that I, I really hope that that is dove into in the show. Obviously, it's going to be, and I, I just can't wait to see how that uh, that dovetails into the future episodes. But it was interesting to kind of test that out, I guess you could say, on this five issue series. So, uh, like I said, uh, would I recommend this to somebody? Absolutely, I would. Just because, like I said, it's a very easy read. If you're a fan of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I would definitely check this story out. Is this on the same level as you know a lot of the event series and the the greatest stories ever? No, no, it's not. And it clearly was made in preparation for the show but that's not a bad thing and I, I think especially if they do it right where you're telling an interesting story like this uh, it, it can be powerful and so I enjoyed it and I, I would recommend it hopefully you guys enjoyed this this is where we're going to be wrapping up so for comics and cinema thank you so much for listening I'm your host Alex Klein and we'll talk to you soon <music>